Hello, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. That's my line. I finally memorized it after you've been gone for so long. This is Samoma Laws with Restore or Retreat. And you did the intro without me. I'm so proud of you. I almost memorized it. Wow. Well, it's been a long time apart. A long time that you haven't worked on our radio show. Yes, that's... Oh, I was on vacation. Yes. Yes. Where have you been? I was at a staff development retreat. Mm, You Um, look developed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a great opportunity to meet a lot of people across some new colleagues yes. that are working on really big issues. Were you the new guy? I was one of the new people. Yeah, we went through a whole orientation. That's the first part of the day. We heard from Fred Krupp, who is our CEO. We heard from um, a lot of people working around the globe, folks in London and China. Don't get in any ideas. Get over yourself. <laughs> You're staying here. So, no, it was it was a, a great experience, um, but I'm very happy to be back with you in Louisiana. I'm happy so to So, what's have been you going on? You, ha- you were at a conference that I'm sad to have missed. A A lot of our favorite people were there. Yes, a very good, worthwhile conference hosted by our partners at GNO Inc. They called it more than a conference. It was a conversation. Talked about coastal financing and resilience, but not just here in Louisiana, but across the U.S. We uh, talked a little bit about California and Colorado, and we're going to feature some of those interviews uh, in the show today. Well, I know that you've had conversations on the last week's show with Steve Cochran. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually got up in front of all of Environmental Defense Fund and talked about the work that's happening in Louisiana on coastal resilience and really touted it as an example. So that's why he was late for the retreat, by the way. (laughs) Exactly. He was late because he was talking to you. But we also had Jeff Hebert um, there who had been... How's he doing? He has been on the show. He's in New York. He's still doing a lot of the similar work that he was doing here in Louisiana, but he's doing it in more places, Miami, Houston. Um, And again, he also really pointed to Louisiana and a lot of the successes that we've had, um, the hard lessons we've learned as examples for um, the rest of the country. So I think both Steve and Jeff were able to um, highlight to all of EDF why the work we're doing down here is so important. That's awesome. Very good. We also talked to Michael Heck, who obviously, he um, had uh, led the conference. He opened it up and facilitated some of the panel discussions and then had on our number one avid listener, Chip Klein. Yeah, I, I heard the interviews with Michael and Chip. I really appreciated Michael's song. I, I know there's more. There's more in his repertoire of where well, that comes I, from. I can't wait to hear more. Um, and then Chip, you know, I know they've been so busy with everything that's been going on with the flood fight. So, so. talk about how fast things move. Chip was on the show and talked about kind of flood fight 19. And they had, at that point, postponed the, del- the opening of Morganza once again. And then we found out very shortly that they have postponed it in definitely perhaps canceled it yeah. so it's um hopefully the height of the threat is over and they did put some protections in place in bayou shane which seems to be alleviating some of their backwater flooding issues so regardless of whether or not they opened morganza or not um that was preventing some of the water from going south to north and flooding some of those communities in the saint mary area yeah it's been an unprecedented year in by the way it's hurricane ways. season and it's too, hurricane season by the way yes um, so we were just hoping that the river continues to go down, yes. that maybe some of the precipitation upriver lightens up, um, and that we can get past this, you know, really high river year. 
Um, and, you know, we all collectively hold our breaths for hurricane season. Um, you got your palm leaves in your closets. <laughs> I don't know if y'all do that, but, um, but yeah, that was a... We have a Tupperware container is what we okay. have in our closet. <laughs> you get it in Go Box, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. A calm um, hurricane season for everyone involved, because we know the last few have been devastating for so many places. Yeah, yeah it's uh, always something here in Louisiana. And so uh, we're lucky to have on the show later today the interview uh, with... Number one avid listener, Chip Klein. He's just talking about some of the good work that's happening in Louisiana on both the protection and restoration side that protects us during hurricane season and then all the way around the year. So yeah. it's it's nice to hear him recap some of the momentum that CPRA has right now, yeah. uh, building Barrier Islands and, and other projects. Yeah, Natalie Snyder with Environmental mm-hmm. Defense Fund did a great blog about the second opening of the Bonnie Carey Spillway, and she framed it really well, which was to say that basically in Louisiana we're facing water from all sides. We have it coming down from one third of the continental U.S. through our rivers, but we also have water increasingly coming at us from the Gulf of Mexico that's inching closer every day. So how do we manage those challenges? How do we manage that water? And how do we keep the Gulf out of our communities as much as possible? Yeah, that's one thing that Chip addressed last week is that that's one thing that we're learning um, during hurricane season and this high river season is just how to deal with water in the future and how the master plan can directly address that either from a protect standpoint, a restoration, or even elevating homes, the non-structural aspect of that too. So living with water. Well, I am so glad that you were at Everlab, that you've taught, you captured interviews with so many of our favorite people. And I think this is something we'll have to do more. Delta Dispatch is on site. I know um, our folks at LumCon have been, you know, yeah, wanting us yeah, to Yeah, we come had down. a couple other guests. We have some more in the lineup. Uh, Liz Williams-Russell from Foundation for Louisiana is going to talk about some of their resilience work uh, in, in future episodes. And so we cover a, a couple of different things. It was fun to grab friends in the audience and be like, okay, you owe me. Come on, please. Right here. Right here. But it was a really great way to capture a lot of our friends. For the first time today on the show, we're going to have Chet Chasson from the Greater Lafouche Sport Commission. Yes, that'll be exciting. There's been some exciting news for them as well recently. Yes, they have so many things going on. And and we always talk about this on the show, but he is a a strong partner in crime. We host field trips together all the time. Uh, We love to go down there and talk about uh, where the port is, is uh, so closely connected, not to just environment but industry as well and how Port Fouchon is being proactive in addressing that. And it's not just your typical port uh, for a lot of reasons. They don't see a lot of big cargo ships coming in and out. It looks different, but it also feels different. And then Chet and them set a tone differently about how they um, take their mitigation work seriously and go and frankly go above and beyond what's needed. Yeah, well, I'm very much looking forward to listening in. Um, I have we find out what his walk-up song is, oh. too, which is like, I mean, how did we not know that? I know, so. it's an important to add. We're going to have to create a Delta Dispatches playlist of everyone's <laughs> walk-up song. I think so. You I know, I was so. the other day thinking ahead of a, a good, fun question to ask Good, someone. we were running out. When you yeah. have, like, seven of your friends come in, we were running out of fun <laughs> questions. We stumped so. a couple of people, though, which was really fun. Nice. So. Well, um, yeah, I'm 
so glad to tune into these conversations. We hope you enjoy them. Um, we will be back next week with yeah. more. We have a couple Everlab. events between now and then. Yeah. Uh, Terrebonne is having their Coastal Day, uh, which is next Wednesday, June 19th. It starts out with the monthly CPRA meeting. Um, then they're going to dedicate a floodgate with the governor. And then they actually open their Civic Center up and do a big kind of coastal expo that afternoon. I know our friends at CRCL are also having a marsh planning this weekend, yeah. too. Yeah, Bayou Bonfuca. Bayou Bonfuca. We had okay. Kat Loomis on the show to talk about it, and you can find out more information on their website. CRCL.org. CRCL.org. Um, all right. Well, and we are fast marching to our 100th episode. So I refuse to believe that. <laughs> Is gonna, there a bonus when we get yeah. to 100? We're going to, you know. Do you we, get free, like, Patagonia gear or something yeah, when you get to 100? Maybe you become a Delta Dispatcher member or something. Yay. Wow. <laughs> you get access to our playlist. You get a set. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back after the break with Chet Chasson. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Always available online, deltadispatches.org. Go listen to those 97 other episodes. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. And I'm Chet Chasson with the Great Old Fouch Port Commission, or Port Fouchon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. First time My on. First time. I'm uh-huh. excited. It took dragging you to New Orleans, setting up in a totally different location, and revolving a conference around this to get you to come on the show. Well, you know... <laughs> 
just making time to, to do the good work that, that you're doing. You have a voice always, for radio. You should have always yeah, done this. Yeah, not a face with TV, that's for sure. <laughs> so, obviously, I know you very yes. well. Why yes. don't you tell me about who is Chet Chassel? Who is Chet Chassel? I'm, I'm I asked a, that I'm question a, earlier yeah. to somebody else. <laughs> I'm a, a Cajun boy from down the bayou in Lafourche Parish. Born and raised. Born and raised in La Rose, now live in Cutoff, Louisiana. Pride of South Lafourche. Pride of South Lafourche was in the band. I did not play football, even though I'm six foot one and 250 pounds. <laughs> you played the Sousa. I played the tuba, just as good as playing football. <laughs> it got me to LSU. But anyway. You were um, in the Golden Band from Tigerland. I was in the Golden Band from Tigerland. Uh, spent eight years in Baton Rouge. It was the Not best. all at LSU. All at LSU. But you have a master's degree. Undergraduate. Okay, let's be clear about yes, it. Yes, <laughs> undergraduate and graduate school. Yes, eight years in Baton Rouge. And then moved back home. Very fortunate to, through my college years, three summers, I worked for the Port Commission. Who were you aroused about? I was aroused about picking up trash. Since you told me what that word was. <laughs> cutting, exactly. Picking up trash, cutting grass, cleaning the public toilet. I learned very clearly you did it all. That's that I awesome. did not want to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I got an education um, and was able to move back. And very luckily, after... Probably being there for about four years, was able to finally get a job at the Port Commission, writing grants and doing business development. And that led my way into, in January of 2010, becoming the executive director. So you started in, am I right? You started 2005. in two, 2005. You and mm-hmm. I started the same year. That's, That's exactly right. correct. Banner year. A week, That's right. uh, two weeks after Hurricane Katrina. September 12th of 2005 was my first day at the Port Commission. Wow. Yeah. You were also new executive director for the 2010 oil spill. For the most interesting experience. Um, I don't say this too much, but I'll say it. Why not say it on the radio, right? (laughs) Um, It was a tragic event from uh, a personal standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, from a, a people standpoint and an industry standpoint. But personally and professionally, it was probably the best in terms of experience. Welcome to the job. Welcome right? to the job. Uh, three months after you get it, here's the worst disaster and everyone, never, no one ever had to deal with before. And Port Fouchon was the center of, of most of it, right? Center of the most of it. Center of you know reacting to oil coming in, but at the same time trying to defend the oil and gas industry or at least be a part in critical energy. Uh, January 2010, I become the port director of Port Fouchon. April 2010, we have the worst natural disaster for an industry that we serve um, and impacting people and lives and, and the environment. And um, it was a very quick trial by fire learning experience and how to deal with things. And I think part of my success today, personally, but also professionally, is because we had to go through that issue. Now, I wish I would have never had to do it. Absolutely. Because what I do today is not what I thought I was going to be doing yeah. when I became the right. director. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be doing what I'm doing. I'm happy to be um, a coastal advocate uh, in an industrial sector. And I think it's important for, I don't know we're going to talk about that as we move forward, but I think it's important for everybody to be clear that my standpoint, and I'm never going to move off of it, is that energy and the environment and industry and the environment are not mutually exclusive. They have to work together, and we do that every day with groups like Restore Retreat, 
That's why we love um, you. That's why we... <laughs> yeah. And CPRA and all the other groups that we work closely together. So can you believe it's almost been 10 years? Next year will be the 10-year anniversary of that. We'll have a whole, whole other time to talk about that. But, right. you know, you talked about ener- energy and environment and industry and where all that meets mm-hmm. up. Um, we often take people on field yes. trips, right? We do it at least usually twice a year. We fly mm-hmm. people in. It seems like a thousand times a year we do right. that, right? Uh, the dog and pony show of energy meeting environment. Tell people um, who maybe aren't familiar with Port Fouchon, what do you see when you get there? What is Port Fouchon? Don't just throw out the correct stats. (laughs) Throw out some correct stats, but also paint a picture for folks that might not even have any idea of what Port Fouchon might look like. It's it's amazing because when people drive in or fly in, um, all you see when you're coming to the area is marshland and open water and people fishing and enjoying the environment that you see, maybe a little strip of road, a little strip of land here and there. And then you get to this vast 1,200-acre development. Is there of, another word for an oasis? Exactly. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> a mirage. I mean, it looks like a it's, mirage, it's, right? It's huge vessels. Uh, we can call them ships now. They're mm-hmm. not just boats. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's an economic entity, uh, a, a, an area that is so important both from a from a – energy standpoint standpoint for the the oil and gas services that we provide but from a from a a recreational and commercial fishing standpoint as well um and you know we sit right smack dab in the middle of two of the most abundant estuaries in the world being right on that bayou literally literally (laughs) and to be able to to create out of open water uh slips with bulkhead and developed land on public developed private investment into public land is amazing but in turn what we have been what we've been able to do over that expansion is provide a thousand acres of marsh to the north of the port and as we move forward into the future when we think about deepening the port and the 20 million cubic yards of the initial project is going to create um, to provide better access for the oil and gas industry in terms of repair in rigs and bringing in LNG um, and that sort of thing. We have an economic project that's as much an environmental project as it is economic. And the, the you know, nearly 5,000 acres of marsh that we can create in our expansion into the future is a game changer for us in terms of providing protection uh, for the assets of the port, but also for the community up uh, towards the northern part of South Lafouche. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting for me as a, a, um, a resident of South Lafouche and someone who, who grew up there to be a part of something that's so big and is going to outlast me. And that's that's the hope that I have is that uh, the legacy I leave here is is a good legacy and, and that I have, um, we as a port commission, has been able to create um, something that's going to last forever and be able to provide for our, for our community, for the state, and for the nation for years to come. Well, it's no surprise that the state and others have invested already $500 million yes. in a beach and other mm-hmm. projects in that area, marsh creation projects. Right. 
Uh, but I really do think it's just the start. And that's all due to your leadership, your relationship with the state, your willingness to be a partner and not always be the boss or not always say it has to be your way. Um, but that's really important. Port Fouchon is so... Um, they're so set on being a good partner. And that is why everybody flocks to you guys to for answers and for leadership. So that's really important. I will tell you from my standpoint, and that's not just because you're one of my bosses, but that's what makes us work. That's why we can do field trips. That's why we can do important projects together. And so keep that up. And the legacy is going to be what you leave behind. So thank you for thank your first you time much. on the show. We do like to ask a fun question. Okay. Um, so we ask a fun question of all of our guests. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I'm really clear on this from you. So um, LSU baseball is in the Super Regionals. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I know your walk-up song. My walk-up song. Let okay. me hear it. My walk-up song I'm gonna make would, you be, sing it if you take too would be a uh, by... A group called Nong Nu and a Wild Matus. Get out. I can't even. And Ryan and find that song. <laughs> We're going to need that and song. It's, <laughs> it is called Between Leeville and Fushon. I can't even. No. Look it up. My is Cajun Roots. iTunes? Oh, it absolutely is on iTunes. Google oh. it. Google it's it. It's there. I, I think I love it. Maybe. Yeah. Dirty, Talks about a Dirty Cajun Roots. Oh, I mean, the details. Yes, right. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, Chet. We very much appreciate it. We'll have you on for another segment, another time too, another another time soon, so we can talk about maybe partnership for the Working Coast, some right. of the big plans that y'all have, dredging the port, those kinds of things. Mitigation. Mitigation. Interactive mitigation. Interactive. Whoa. We need hey. to talk about that. Hey. You come right. back again in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I, need, I need another fun question. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for being on the show, Chet. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. ASPN Network, coastal news for the pelagic-minded. Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Samoma Loss with Restore Retreat. I'd like you to meet my new co-host. Your number one avid listener, Chip Klein. Chip Klein, you are with... I'm the executive assistant to Governor John Bell Edwards for Coastal Activities. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, my friend. <laughs> Great leader. Let's talk about... Um, you are um, you are responsible for reporting directly to, to the governor on coastal activities in good times and bad, yes. right? Um, let's talk about some of the exciting things that you have going on at CPRA. Um, we want to talk about what's happening in the future, but you recently just concluded a legislative session and CPRA has to take an active role, correct? Sure. So, I mean, that's that the, our, obviously the most important thing uh, every year during a legislative session is getting our annual plan um, through the legislative process. And so the annual plan is a subset of the overall master plan. And what the annual plan is, is essentially is our, um, outlines our funding priorities for the next fiscal year, as well as provides a three-year outlook on some of our anticipated expenditures and anticipated revenues over the next three years. And so the process by which that plan has to get approved is it goes through four legislative committees. I'm not four? Aware, four. I'm not aware of another. Is that a maximum? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be. Uh, 
I'm not aware of another state agency uh, in state government that has to go through four legislative committees as well, as well as both houses of the legislature to get approval on an annual budget. But that is a process uh, that we very much welcome. We welcome the transparency and we welcome the oversight because, as you know, Simone, this is one of the most important issues facing the state of Louisiana. And so uh, we spend a tremendous amount of time engaging coastal stakeholders as well as coastal legislators on what are the priorities in their areas, what are the things that we could do better as an agency, how can we improve the master plan and the annual plan on a yearly basis. And so a lot of people are astounded that we have that much oversight and welcome that much oversight, but I think it's something that only makes us better um, as a result of going through that process. And you not just have to you don't just have to answer tough questions from coastal legislators, but there are northern Louisiana legislators that want to know where you got all this money and why it's not going to them, right? So it's a little offense, a little defense. Well, it is, and it, it still amazes me, you know, about how much more outreach and and education or educating uh, we need to do as an agency, particularly in the northern parts of the state. Uh, when you have state legislators from, you know, Caddo Parish or parishes that are in the northern parts of the state asking... Oh, is that in Louisiana? I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Asking, you know, um, why should they care or why should we be spending $700 million of um, general fund dollars to address an issue that doesn't affect them? And obviously, you know that there are so many problems with that statement. Number one, we don't get a dime in general, general fund. fund. Um, and obviously, if they think that this issue doesn't affect them, then they are not educated enough on the issues that we face and how it not only um, impacts the southern parts of the state, but the Gulf Coast as a whole, and quite frankly, the nation as a whole. When you look at some of the the stats and the economic activity, um, and the, quite frankly, the economic vitality that um, South Louisiana supports across the country. Well, I will say it's a real testament to the leadership of the Governor's Office of Coastal Activities, and you have been engaged for your entire time, uh, not just as chair, but but as staff. That it has it has gone over so well, right? Um, uh, un- unanimous in, mm-hmm. in for the most part, right? No, it is. Um, yes. And so that's pretty unbelievable. You made a statement earlier today about how unbelievable that is in, in Louisiana. Well, um, I think particularly when you're talking about $50 billion that the state is going to be spending over the next 50 years and to get unanimous approval on that every time. If you know anything about Louisiana politics, that's... that's uh, that's quite the impressive feat, something that we're proud of. So you sold your soul how many times? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. Yeah, Don't answer yeah. that. Uh, but the fact is, though, Chip, that annual plan contains more projects that you will be putting on the ground mm-hmm. than ever before. That's right. That's right. So I think, Lord, you're going to see us this year for the first time really starts switching from a planning mindset to an implementation mindset. And so, as you just said, in 2019, we will have more projects, more hurricane protection and coastal restoration projects in construction than any other time in the history of our state. And so that is a result of years of planning, years of engineering and design and researching and studying these issues. And so it's an exciting time um, for the state and for the agency. And um, so I think we are very excited to to finally see some of these large-scale restoration projects and protection projects that have really been envisioned for years 
finally um, at a point to where we can implement them starting this year. Well, I would love to talk about every project, but um, this is my show, and so we're just going to talk about my favorite projects. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the Barrier Islands. Sure. What you got going on with them? You so had a recent announcement. We did. We just made an announcement yesterday that we signed an agreement with the uh, Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, uh, which we'll be partnering with on three Barrier Island projects across the Terrebonne and Lafourche uh, areas. Uh, and you need them because? So our Barrier Island serve as our our first line of defense across coastal Louisiana. And so anytime that you have a, a storm or hurricane that's coming um, coming across the coast or going inland, um, that's really our first speed bump, as we like to say, that blocks or knocks down that storm surge. Um, and so those barrier islands are critical pieces of our, our flood fighting efforts. Um, but it also creates some habitat for migratory birds and, and things like that. So um, you've seen a lot of money and a lot of time and energy spent on the barrier islands in recent years as a result of the BP oil spill. Uh, the money that will be coming from NIFWIF um, was specifically stated in a consent decree from the Department of Justice that um, $1.2 billion must be spent on billion with a B. Billion with a B must be spent on sediment diversions and barrier islands. So you've seen a lot of time and attention given to barrier islands. Only here the in Louisiana, right? That's, that's right. Louisiana. That's right. Portion. So the other Gulf states, there they can use their money however <laughs> they, <can>. they <laughs> see fit. Or, that's a whole know. other show. That's I exactly. Think. Exactly right. <laughs> Um, so you've literally seen hundreds of millions of dollars that have gone out of the door over the last several years to reconstruct um, those barrier islands. So the three that we just announced uh, yesterday were Trinity East, Timbalier, and West Bell um, Islands there. So the agreement that we signed was just to identify the source of the sediment for those barrier islands, which will be taken from Ship Shoal, which was used to actually build the Kamenata Headland Project, which uh, protects one of the most critical pieces of coastal infrastructure along our coast, and that's Port Fouchon. I know those people. And it was, I believe you just had Mr. Chassel on, if I'm not mistaken, but um, West Bell is actually just west of the Kamenata Headland, which is just to the west of Port Fouchon, which gives that port uh, additional protection. Um, so I'm not done talking about my favorite project, so will you hang on for one sure. more segment? Sure. Um, I also have a fun question to ask you, so you we must can, you must stay on one more uh, one more segment. segment. Uh, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're on WGSO 990 AM and where you can find your podcast on Google Play and iTunes. We'll be right back. From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Samoma Laws with Restore or Retreat. And I'm Chip Klein, the number one co-host. Oh, if you're gonna replace Jock, yeah, you gotta you gotta work on your timing there a little bit better. Um, okay, so we were uh, just talking about some of my favorite projects, and we had covered the Barrier Islands, which use um, Ship Shoal. We're gonna do three um, Barrier Islands, um, and also we're gonna talk about Floodgate that y'all have um, that y'all are gonna dedicate in Homa. But let's talk about Queen Bess. That's yep. an interesting project that lots of people, you know, Jacques loves birds. He always talks about birds all the time so i feel like i feel obligated to talk about queen bass although it is a really great project 
Sure. So if this, we should maybe name this project after Jacques. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but a, a portion of the BP dollars uh, that the state is getting from um, the BP oil spill settlement are actually tagged for migratory bird habitat. And so because we, that money is supposed to address a specific industry in, injury, injury right? associated right. with the spill. Okay. Right. So obviously migratory bird or um, sea turtles, oysters, marine mammals, things of you know. There's there's different categories, but um, Queen Bess has historically been a, a a nesting ground and a habitat for brown pelicans. Uh, obviously, that's our our state bird, and so. Um, it had seen some significant uh, erosion rates over the last several years, and as we all know um, of the infamous picture um, that circulated across the globe um, during the oil spill was the picture of the brown pelican that was that was oiled. So I think this is really a, an important project for us, but it's also it's got its sentimental value as well. And so um, over the next few months, that project to 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 refurbish that island to cre- recreate. Uh, that that bird habitat for the brown pelicans will be going into construction. So uh, we're actually going to be announcing. I hope I'm not spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Ding ding ding! Um, a partnership with the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, fun! Um, to actually um, do some some marketing and some outreach on the the migratory bird habitat that we're doing across the coast, and particularly on this project. So that's something that we're really excited about. Get Zion out there. Yeah, yeah. Take a little right. boat ride. That's right. Ask him what he right. might name his boat. <laughs> right. He probably can afford several boats. I'm right? sure. But you you are right. All kidding aside, that you know Queen Bess and Cat Island were kind of the poster child when you see Pelican Islands and you see some of the damage. So. That is an exciting project to get restored. Um, also, it's it's interesting in the fact that you have to wait for nesting season, and there's all kind of critical mm-hmm. factors that comes into play when it comes um, into timing about when you can restore these projects. And so that's just one of the many things that y'all have to deal with uh, over at your implementation implementation agency. So. You're getting a text message from Miss Tuck, if you want, you uh-huh. know, who's another avid listener of yours, if you'd like to uh, yes. answer. Yes, um, she said not nice things about you, so I'm going to turn my <laughs> phone away. <laughs> um, let's talk about June 19th is Coastal Day in Terrebonne Parish, right. my native land. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, do you know this? You have a very big day that day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're like, you're, I think, you, I think yes. you and George maybe need to buckle down for a good 12-hour day <laughs> that day. Um, let's start from the top. It starts with your monthly board meeting, which will be held at um, the Homo Civic Center. That's right. So you have monthly board meetings. That's right. Monthly and board, third Wednesday of every month. And you move them around sometimes. And we They're do. M- we, we are... Um, and particularly when we're in the legislative session, we have most of the meetings in Baton Rouge, but we try to every other month um, to find venues and areas across the coast where we can actually go out into the field, do field trips, but then you know, go into areas like Homa, uh, Thibodeau, Morgan City, Lake Charles, New Orleans, um, to host these types of meetings. Because it, by bringing the meetings to the people, it allows, it allows for them uh, to attend these meetings and get updates that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get if we had the meetings in Baton Rouge. And so we will start the day in, uh, in Homa with the CPRA board meeting there, and then we will move into a ribbon cutting. Okay, wait, wait, oh. don't. When you usually go for your monthly board meetings, when you go to these different places, you usually highlight 
that region too, right? right? So we can maybe expect some updates on some of the different projects happening around the Terrebonne area. That's correct. So you'll see actually updates from Parish President Gordy Dove and Parish President um, Jimmy Cantrell on projects that are ongoing in their areas, as well as the areas, um, excuse me, the uh, entities like South Lafouche Levy District, mm -hmm. North Lafouche Levy District, and the Terrebonne Levy District on some of the work that they're doing, specifically on the hurricane protection side of the master plan. And so, and specifically on Morganza to the Gulf. So those are going to be largely focused on the regional aspects of that area uh, and the projects that are going on in the uh, Terrebonne, Lafouche, and south central parts of the And state. there may uh, hopefully be an update on the progress of the HNC lock, which I think I know yes. a lot of people associate with the Morganza to the Gulf system, um, but even restoration advocates realize its um, ability to kind of keep fresh water where it needs to be and keep the salt water out. So that project is just clicking along. It is. It is. It's one of the fun projects we're funding through the Restore Act, and uh, as Terrebonne Levy District Director uh, Reggie Dupree calls it, the crown jewel of the Morganza to the Gulf Hurricane Protection System. Um, it may not be something that you um, cover at this meeting, but also in the general area is the Bayou Lafouche project, and you recently were able to think of some very creative ways to finance that, which actually allowed you to put two other projects in. So why don't you hit on that just for a second? Sure. So if you looked at, at last year's annual plan, you would have seen that the state of Louisiana was uh, anticipating spending about $35 million over the next three years to fund the $65 million project. And the remaining portions were going to come from the Bayou Lafouche Freshwater District's uh, revenues. But in working with Ben Marlboro down there at the Freshwater District, we came across this revolving loan within the Department of Environmental Quality at the state level, which allowed us to finance that project over 20 years. And as a result, the state of Louisiana has agreed to take on more of the cost and the financing cost of that, of that uh, financial arrangement. But what that allowed to happen was is it allowed, number one, for the pump station to get on the ground sooner rather than later. And it also freed up over $35 million in GoMesa revenues uh, by financing that over uh, that certain period of time. And so as a result, we took that that money that was freed up and funded the Grand Bayou floodgate uh, in Lafouche Parish, which actually benefits North Lafouche and Terrebonne Parishes to the tune of about $18 million, as well as gave Mr. Wendell Curall and the South Lafouche Levy District an additional $5 million for hurricane protection work in the La Rose to Golden Meadow area. So not only were you able to stabilize the freshwater drinking source for 300,000 residents and four parishes, you managed to eke out two other protection projects. Yes, that's the way we roll in CPRA. So we like it. I, I like it. I like it. Um, so that's very important. Thank you for mm -hmm. sharing that. That is one thing that we love to hear because we talk about kind of the art of cash management and that was one creative way um, to advance some projects. So kudos to you on that. Well, kudos to you because Restore Retreat that's what has, I really been, set you up for, has been was instrumental. Really, just so you could talk about me. <laughs> in all seriousness, Restore Retreat has been instrumental in partnering with us on a study to help us really create that financial plan and that financial forecast on how we could really look over the next several years, the money that we have coming in to the state, and how do we creatively finance uh, these types of projects to get them on the ground sooner rather than later. So another group that's very good at 
at finding some money and maximizing and leveraging money is um, the Terrebonne Levy and Conservation District and, and the parish. And you started to lead into that, but an important thing on June 19th is you'll also be doing a dedication that day. That's right. That's right. So we're going to be doing a ribbon cutting for the Falgu floodgate, another critical component of the Morganza to the Gulf system, um, to the tune of about $32 million uh, for a floodgate there. Do you get and your so name on the plaque? It will be actually my first plaque. You know, it's interesting how they, we do these plaques. As, as I was the chairman before, under the general administration, we actually had some projects that went to construction but were oh, it's all about timing under a on different that? chairman who ultimately got his name on the plaque. But it's not about the name on the plaque, it's not. Simone. Will they put uh, is the question. Uh, I think so. I think Reggie put the formal name as, as Kyle Arcline Jr. Yes. Um, and now I've lost my, my train of thought here. But, floodgate. Uh, floodgate. Yeah. So the governor will be coming down to do the uh, the ribbon cutting along with uh, Reggie Dupery. I will be there as the chairman of CPRA along with the uh, executive director of CPRA, Mr. Brent Hawes. So just Fancy. another example of... Um, of how many projects uh, that we actually have going to construction, either going to construction or completing construction this year on the ground. Well, you always have very exciting news, so you must be hiding your bad news somewhere. So thank you for never bringing that to Delta Dispatches. We are an <laughs> upbeat show. We don't want to share that. Um, but quickly, before we go, we're up against a break. Um, we do have a fun question to ask. Um, going to need to know your favorite flavor of daiquiri because we all know that you drink daiquiris. Oh, you know, my wife has got me on no. the strawberry colada. Mm. I, like the, I like the mixture there. Miss Klein likes refreshing the refreshing sh- and, you know, kind of a summer, summery daiquiri. But, you know, I do like a daiquiri bar. So. I, I think the answer was, <laughs> I don't like daiquiris. No, Who drinks no, daiquiri? Not this guy. I'll drink a daiquiri all day long. <laughs> well, thank you for spending so much time with us today. I, I do uh, very much appreciate our partnership and your leadership. Um, and we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about the exciting engagement with Nichols. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Simone.